welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout, alongside Joey Nagel, Garrett Jacobs-Meyer, and Alex Jefferson. How are we doing, boys? Woo Sox are looking pretty good. Woo Sox are great. Love the Woo Sox. Big Woo Sox guy. Red Sox suck. So yeah. bad. So bad. Awful, so bad. awful <laughs> baseball team. Um, but we are a, <laughs> we're a month into the season. 9-14 and 14 in the first month of the season. Not what you're looking for. This is a depression podcast. This isn't a Red Sox podcast. It's a mental health podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're here to teach you guys how to like cope with the bat with how bad the Red Sox are. How to cope with bullying because that's what this team has been doing to us. Yeah, full on harassing us. Um, so we lost three out of four to the Blue Jays, and then lost the series to the Orioles. Uh, offense can't hit. Team looks awful. Yeah, they're not fun to watch. No one wants to have any fun at all. They've completely just been like, we suck. Yeah. Like, there's no no fun happening on that team at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, the, the Sox have been walked off on by every team in the division now. Isn't Perfect. that the most depressed? How is... Yeah. That's so <laughs> It all happened in April. It happened in April when the season started late. Yeah, that's how bad it is. You yeah. managed to get walked off on by every team in your division in over the span of three weeks, four weeks. That's so embarrassing. That's tough. That's tough. Uh, so let's break it down. Starting with that Blue Jays series it was a four game set in Toronto. Lost three of those games. First game lost six to two. That was a classic. Yeah, Couldn't... I I feel like a clown. <laughs> like this team sucks. Like I don't even want to compare to the rest of the teams as a division. Like Jesus Christ, I wasn't even here last episode. So I think the last episode, I, I think my predictions for last episode, I was here. Who am I? What is going on? <laughs> Do I have any value as a person in any way? Um, we suck, and I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think anyone really expected it from this team, especially like. <laughs> The offense is what's weighing us down right now. The offense was supposed to be what was going to carry us. Uh, so that first game against the Blue Jays, not Nathan Evaldi was great. Uh, seven innings, five strikeouts, two runs allowed. Then Strom comes in, gives up two runs. Danish gives up two runs. And then offense, obviously, doesn't do anything else. So 6-2, to lose that game. Next game, um, that was the game that we lost in the 10th inning. I got nothing on that one. I don't even three run lead heading into the ninth. It starts with back to back doubles. Immediately, I was like, "Oh no, here we go again." And then Jake yeah. Dickman, he decides, you know what? I don't think George Springer can hit a fastball if I throw it right down the middle. So let's see what happens. That felt like a walk off home run because I knew the second they, the second they tied it, I knew one we're not getting that run home that runner home from second, and two. Even if we did, the Blue Jays would have hit, probably hit a two-run home run to win it. Like there they kept saying on times. the broadcast that um, it feels like a walk-off home run, but it isn't. And like, yeah, you knew game was over the second that happened. Yeah, there were multiple times in this this past week where the Red Sox went into extra innings, and the second they went into extra innings, I was like, we lost this game because they can't get a runner home from second with nobody out. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's because it's like Joey. That's because if there's a runner in scoring position, they automatically need to just end the inning. That's how. That's what yeah, they have well, to do. Basically, yep. they they'd be better off starting the bases empty in extra innings. It'd be the same thing. Yeah. Like, they're, every they're, time it's someone grounds out, moves them over to third. Then you have a runner on third, less than two outs, strikeout, two outs, like fly out, strikeout, whatever, inning over. They it's should have so the dude on second get picked off every time. Yes, please. Just to take the pressure off the batter. I just wouldn't have ever expected them to have Cora as the coach and to be so situationally amazingly bad. Stupid. <laughs> but in like fairness, that Toronto series, Cora was only there for was he there for the final two games? I think he was. Where they so. outscored the Blue Jays seven to two, but they managed to lose one of those yeah. games. 
The last two games in that series are frustrating. Well, I mean, the fir- the third game in the series is obviously great. We won that one 7-1, to one, put up 13 hits. Waka had a great start. Bullpen was super solid after him. And obviously the Could offense have been a went turning crazy. Point. Bogarts went 4-4 four for four in that game. That's when I kind of thought, okay, offense is waking up. Here we go. Next game we get you shut out. You have Whitlock on the mound. You have Whitlock on the mound the next day. You're feeling good about yourself. Well, the next day you you bench you bench the guy who went four for four with a with a walk. Classic. Yep. Just yeah. you know the most intelligent move. And then you try to pinch hit him later, but then that it, it's too late. So that game that, we lost that, on one unearned run. Wait, one to zero. Awful. Right? Yep, that one really zero. bothers me. That idea that in Cora does it all the time, and I know people do it, but I I hate it's like my biggest pet peeve when I see guys get the day off. You give them the day off, but then you just throw them in there at the end. It's it just it I don't know. It's it really bothers me when they do that because it's just almost you feel like you waste the the rest. I I don't know. I've fun. never understood Cora's like strategy with that. He always seems to bench guys after they have a great game. It never but made he, sense to me. Multiple times he just pull like. Pull, pinch hit them and sometimes even pinch it twice. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. Well, I understand why he did it. It was a day game after a night game, getaway day, whatever you want to get him off his feet, but you don't do that. When Alec Manoa is the opposing pitcher, you know, runs are going to be hard to come by. You've Garrett Whitlock on the mound, a chance to turn your season around. And you're just like, no, don't play. Also, if you want to get him off his feet a little bit, put him at DH. You know who DH in that game? Travis Shaw. That's a great point. What a great yeah. point. Jason. Yeah, that's Seriously. why. That's what teams do with the DH position. That's kind of why it's there when you don't have an everyday DH. And JD was out in that game, so I don't know why that wasn't the move there. And if you want to give him a day off, do it in the Orioles series, not against the best team in the division. I feel like JD barely played all week. He was hurt, so yeah, he, was he frustrated got hurt. That. He played it, then got hurt again, and then played yeah. again. But I think yeah. I think this is going to be a problem. Like, well. We don't really have to go in depth on this, but I think JD's hamstring could be a problem if it keeps going like this, where he can only play a couple games. For his having to injuries take two have or three been off. a problem. Like he's it's been back problems in the past, hamstring, knee, whatever. And I know, but when you see when you see a guy take a few days off, come back, and then have to take another few days off, that's concerning. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the day off today will help. That it's our first day off in forever since but, the middle of April. Yeah. Is, Finally get to, I mean, yeah, I'll talk about it later, but I'm excited about the Sox coming home. They deserve it. Yeah. Um, but Speaking I really think the- that that game against the Blue Jays that we lost one to nothing is a great kind of summary of how things have been going for us. We get great pitching. Like we allowed no earned runs. Um, and then we lost one to nothing because the offense couldn't do anything. Oh, for five with runners in scoring position. Really sad. Well, it's it's what I find sad is not even the fact that we were 0 for 5. The fact that we only had five opportunities with runners in scoring position. <laughs> yeah. We could only get guys on second or third five times in a whole game. Yeah. That's a good point, too. But um, I don't know. But I mean, personally, I mean, the bottom of the lineup, like, thank God Travis Shaw is gone. Like, we, yeah, see you. DFA'd him. But. It's still so Vasquez. I feel like I'm, I feel like I send a text about Vasquez in our group chat like every other day, just complaining about how lazy he is. Oh my how- god! And then he he makes a play every once in a while. Like he did it in Baltimore, and he did it in Toronto too, where he just fires a laser down to second and guns a runner, which is like which is the reason he's still in the lineup because he can do that. But like it's every single game he looks like he's not there, like like mentally because. What I hate is that he's become a one-knee catcher. Yep. I talked about it last episode. I cannot stand it. I don't – like, if you're going to be a one-knee catcher, maybe you shouldn't be in the lineup every day because clearly <laughs> your, your legs aren't, aren't built to catch nine innings every game, which I respect. He caught the most innings in baseball last year. I get it. He gets tired. But instead of just sitting behind home plate like Gary Sanchez does – how about you just take a day off? You got to take one for the team. Well, and it's it's not like we have any shortage of catching depth. I mean, Ploiecki's yeah. been decent so far at the plate. He's. Not I think Connor Wong needs another chance because he's, I he's pretty good. You, Connor, you, 
it's not even that with Connor Wong. It's not that he deserves a chance. It's that this is the perfect opportunity when Vasquez is being Vasquez to get someone else in there. Not even a Connor Wong thing and any one thing. Hey, to Vasquez, you deserve to have the fire lit a little bit. Well, Something. <laughs> and I mean, there are other catching prospects in our system too, like uh, Hernandez. Ronaldo Hernandez, yep. Yeah. Someone. I, 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 uh, when we've been saying it for weeks, like if we can just get some youth up here to infuse, and we started, we brought up Cord Franchi, like, that's a start, I suppose, but um, not ideal. But, like, I don't know. There needs to be some sort of, like, for the guys not named, like, Bogarts Devers, I feel like there needs to be some sort of, like – You need a spark. Even, not threat, but just, like, hey, like, if you your, – your job isn't safe. Well, kind of along that point, like, when the Red Sox got Kyle Schwarber last year, Bobby Dahlbeck started hitting because it had that threat that maybe I'm going to lose my job because this other guy's here. Well – and I will say the Sox have gotten very, very unlucky in terms yeah. of batted balls and stuff like that. Very unlucky so far this season, and that luck is bound to rebound eventually. But, I mean, if it rebounds, it'll, it'll make you, what, like a 500 team maybe? Like, we, we need more than that. And, you know, I mean, I Verdugo had a rough road trip, but, like, he was actually hitting, the, like, tearing the cover off the ball. He just, like, wasn't getting it where he needed it to go. Yeah. And it's – I mean, part of it's like, you know, the ball wasn't flying, whatever. But if this is how the ball is going to be for the whole year, we got to get used to it and we got to make some adjustments hitting. It affects all 30 teams. Yeah, we can't we can't be going to try and just hit every ball into the seats anymore. It just doesn't work. Yeah, well, what I want to talk about is the Red Sox are second to last in the league in walks. We talked last episode of the episode before about their chase rate, how they're chasing pitches out of the zone. And I think those two things combined is kind of why the Red Sox are missing some opportunities and leaving runners on base is because they're not putting together the best at-bats that they can. They're chasing pitches, and they're not making the pitcher work. They're swinging at first pitches. They're swinging at all of the pitches (laughs) that they shouldn't be. And, again, not drawing any walks. And that's not going to get the job done. Um on the offensive side of the ball, you need to put together good at bats and make the pitcher work. If you want to make runners move around the bases and score runs. Well, and it, it goes back to the, the blue Jays games. Um, when we played Gasman or Gaussman, whatever Gaussman, yeah, he was barely pitching 10 pitches an inning. Yeah. Cause we would just go up there and hack away at the ball. And as soon as we made soft contact would be out like, yeah. And it's well, every like, time they have a runner in scoring position, it feels like they swing at the first pitch and they just roll one over. Like JD did it a bunch, Jackie did it too, where they just swing at the first pitch and it's a weak ground ball. Yep. That's completely rolled over or right at someone. It's not even quality contact. Jackie's been like, terrible. Well, uh, yeah, Jackie's back to what we thought he was going to be. Um, that needs to change. Obviously, they're not comfortable with the Royals defense he he hasn't walked yet this season so I understand why he's staying on the bench because his on-base percentage is lower than his batting average which I didn't know was possible yeah I didn't know that was possible either um real quick Alex uh to go along with what you're saying in that Blue Jays series Barrios went seven innings Gosman went six innings Striplin went five innings and then um whoever pitched the last Manoa went seven Manoa they went seven innings twice six innings and five innings they're starters well, and let's let's think about this too. How many times beside out of all of our pitchers outside of Evaldi, has anybody pitched more than five innings? I don't think so. That's, like Eval- that Evaldi's gone seven twice because he's been electric when he's been on the mound, but mm. he's getting no run support. Yeah. Like this game against the Orioles on Saturday, like we're up one zero in the eighth, and we bring in Matt Barnes to try and like disgusting. And Oh, I sent this in the group chat earlier. We have more blown saves than saves converted this year, which is horrible. And you know who that is? That's Ryan Brazier. That's Matt Barnes. That's Austin Davis. That's what happens when you don't have a set closer and you have gaps in the bullpen like this. You're not going to be able to convert save opportunities. Like I keep, I look through the games that we've won and there's like a different dude saving each time. Like Strom has a save. Diekman has a save. Uh, Robles has a save. They tried to have Matt Barnes have a save. He might have one. I don't know. But like every time we have a lead in the ninth inning, you have no clue who's coming out of the bullpen. Closer by committee does not work. Never We've known this. We haven't had a closer since 2018. 
And it's the same problem every single year. We don't convert saves. It happened in 19, whatever, 20 was whatever we sucked. It didn't happen last year either, and it's not happening this year, and it's not going to happen this year unless you address that. You need a closer. If you don't get one, like, it might sound like an overreaction, but you do not stand a chance. Well, I don't think that is an overreaction considering how stacked the division is just, like, from top Mm -hmm. to bottom. I mean, the Orioles are obviously the worst team in the division, but they're not even that bad. I mean, they just made you right there with them. No, you you just lost a series to them. So, like, you got a half-game lead on them. Yes. Yeah, there's no more. There's no more free games like that. Where the team's not good enough to have free games. It's mm-hmm. well, and like, well, we don't, we don't play the Rays, Blue Jays, or Yankees for like a month, but then we play like six series against them in the span of like a month. Hopefully, we're better then. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think we it starts be. with naming a closer. It's yeah, well, it starts with you don't guys necessarily have to go out and get one, you can just name a guy a closer and stick to it. Like, it makes everyone personally, better. Yeah. Because you know your role and you know, like bullpen pitchers say this all the time. They like to know when they're coming in the game and closers say it too. That's why they're so routine based. Like Kimbrell couldn't pitch in a tie game or he couldn't pitch in the eighth inning because he was so set on like, I know how to go about my day so that I'm ready for the ninth inning every single night. Closers are are crazy. Yeah, they're psycho. They're psycho. I think Robles is begging you to name him closer. You become psycho when your coach tells you you are nails. You become psycho when your coach tells you you are the dirtiest pitcher in this entire league. Go out there and prove it. That's why you become psycho. That's why you throw that final pitch and freak out because you hyped yourself up so much to go do that. When you do it by committee, you don't give anyone the opportunity to go (laughs) throw the ball. You don't give any of that. I don't know. It's a little bit of it's important. Well, let's let's think about the 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 last the last like few major closers that have been on the Red Sox like. Kimbrel, psychopath. Papelbon, psychopath. Derek you Lowe, psycho. You have to be. Like, there's, OG, there's fun in guy. Sports, you gotta fun be OG. Gotta be weird. Yeah. Um, one thing I was just thinking about, too, that goes along with Joey's point from earlier is last season, if you look at it, we were great in the first half of the season. Matt Barnes was our good closer in the first half of the season. Matt Barnes falls off, can't pitch anymore, isn't our closer anymore, and we have a rough second half. Like that's obviously not the only reason, but I think that's definitely part of it. Matt Barnes Absolutely. got named into the. Didn't he get named as an All Star? He was an All Star, yeah. They, but after he got named as an All Star, Cora still was like, "We don't have our closer," or something whack like that. Like, well, because he was awful. Like he pitched I know, himself. But it's, like, it's still a little goofy. There's still none of that. You're the best ever. Go kill him. We don't have the guy to do it, but yeah. we also haven't really tried. Well. Okay, but like, let's look at the. I mean, look at the minors. Like, obviously, we've talked about it a few times in passing. The Woo Sox are insane. They're good. There are so many guys on that roster that deserve a shot at the major league level. And like, I feel like, you know, you got to start with those, a close or a closer. Like, at this point, like, what do you have to lose? Like, I look at this Woo Sox roster and I can identify multiple people that I'd want called up. Not like one or two, like four or five. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think you necessarily should call up a closer because I feel like that's t- a lot of pressure to put on a rookie who's yeah, just yeah, figuring yeah. it out. That's that's something like, let's say, for example, you call up uh, Durbin Feltman. I don't know if you can necessarily say the second he gets to the big leagues, you're the closer because that probably pissed some people off in the bullpen. Yeah, but you, you, can, you can put him in those high leverage situations and eventually work his way to where he is your closer, maybe at the end of the year or next year. But like right as of right now, I literally think Hansel Robles has to be your closer because he's been one in the past. Was he was he an all star closer? No, but he's pitching like an all star ever since he got to Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel yeah, like I you that. you should just set it and forget it. Name him the closer and stick to it because in turn it will help everyone else out. Because Deakman now knows I'm the eighth inning guy. Strom yep. knows I'm the seventh inning guy. Brazier, I'm seventh inning. Blah, 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 blah. List goes on. Yep. What, oh, another thing here, too, that I want to mention is Garrett Whitlock kind of out of the equation in the bullpen, I think, is hurting us. Like, yep. yeah, he's an incredible yep. starter, yep. but I don't think that's where we need him right now. Our bullpen is weak, and he's been the best reliever in that bullpen all of last year and this year. He needs to be out there in the pen. The value that he has in the bullpen does not compare to anyone else out there. He is invaluable I, out there. The fact that he can go multiple innings and 
never give up runs because he's just that good is so useful for the Red Sox, especially with a bullpen that is not good. Also, like, would you rather have three or four shout innings to start a game or to end a game? I feel like I'd rather have it to end a game based on how this team is. No, um, also, also, like, the reason that Whitlock became a starter was because Hauk couldn't pitch in Toronto because of the vaccination thing. We're out of Toronto. Put Hauk back in the rotation. Let's put Whitlock back in the bullpen. Like, I don't know why they chose to not do that. Like, Whitlock is starting on Wednesday, <clears throat> and Hauk is staying in the bullpen. That makes no sense to me. I'm hoping it's just for one more time through the rotation. Maybe it so better be. you, you can get both guys back on their their schedule. You know what I mean? Like, because how piggybacked Rich Hill over the weekend. Yeah. Um, maybe you have to give him one more one more time through the rotation before you can put him back in. But like, uh, Garrett Whitlock is definitely going to be a starter at some point, and he's going to be probably your ace. But now really isn't the time because now is not the like, time. It's really nice that he can start games and give you four shutout innings, but that's the problem. He's only giving you four shutout innings to start a game. And as you said, I'd rather have that at the end of the game than the beginning of the game. This Red Sox team needs Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen right now. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. It's where he belongs. The current state of the team, yes. Even though, like, I've, I've changed my mind to where I used to say he should be a reliever for, like, the rest of his career. I think he should be a starter at some point. But given how you're playing right now and how desperate you are in the back end of the pen, you need him out there. I think there were multiple games this past week that I think we would have won if we had Whitlock in the bullpen. Absolutely. Oh, the game the game that Evaldi started, we win if if Whitlock comes out of the bullpen. Yeah. Saturday against yep, the Orioles for sure. That's the win one I was that, just looking at. You win that um you win the one in Toronto where you led by three runs. Yep. Um you could probably win that game with several people out of that bullpen. I mean, that's what you're looking at when you're looking at where guys belong on a team is what's going to get you the most wins. Whitlock is going to get mm-hmm. you more wins as a reliever than he is as a starter, and that's all that it should be. We want to win ball the games. Stupid Put analytics him in the spot that puts that. it. I don't care about the analytics. Exactly. Whitlock should be in that. the bullpen. It's so well, frustrating. Okay. So we frustrating. Also, we're giving the bullpen a really hard time, but like, in all honesty, yes, there have been guys that haven't been great, but like. Our pitching has still been so much better. They're overperforming because yeah. everyone in that bullpen stinks, but they're all like, you know, they're still getting the job done. They're keeping you in games. That's why they. That's why every single loss is so painful because you're yeah. pitching by for some reason is keeping you in the games. And meanwhile, the offense is is an automatic one, two, three inning. It is the exactly. most stagnant I have ever seen a Red Sox offense because you expect a one, two, three inning. Every single inning. I've never done that in my life as a Red Sox fan because well, it's even the one, years two, that we've been bad, we've had a good offense. It's not a one, two, three inning if Bogart is coming up. But other than that, like you can't expect. But you know, if he gets on base, no one's going to drive him in. The most That's hopeless true. thing ever from, from a watching standpoint. It's great. It's so fun. Can't watch it. Yeah. I'm enjoying the off day today. Like, actually, yeah. Thank God the Bruins are on tonight. Yeah, yeah Go seriously. Bees. Um, oh, the rotation are we back though. To Bruins penalty box or Bruins whatever. Penalty box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bruins Sinbin, hit me up. <laughs> Bruins Sinbin. <laughs> um, the Red Sox rotation, not just the ball, but the Red Sox rotation has been incredible. Like these guys, we talked about Michael Walker coming into the season having no idea what to expect from him. Like yeah. we thought he was going to have an ERA around four or five. Like I don't know, maybe end up in the bullpen. He's been our best starter statistically. Like, obviously, Evaldi's up there, but Michael Waka, his ERA is 1.77. He's been great. Rich Hill's been good, too. And Nick Pavetta actually had a good start the other day, too. He didn't walk four guys, so that's yeah, cool. Yeah, still got the L. Still, yeah, how much can you trust baby a steps. guy like Nick Pavetta at this point? Yeah, yeah. baby steps. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it really has been the offense. I pulled up some stats on my on my Red Sox account the other day about the Sox offense, 25th in this, 26th in this, 29th in walks. It's kind of changed now. Um, I think they're like around 20th in batting average somehow. I don't really know how it went up like that. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Walks? That's, that's true. I mean, it's not yeah. surprising at all from watching the games, but I didn't know we were that bad. Numbers. We have 52 walks. 
The Padres, and, who lead the league in walks, have 92. Well, and the thing is, is like we're walking, but the guys leading our team in walks are Kike, Trevor Story, and JBJ. Yikes. And Joey, you were wrong. Arroyo does have one walk. Oh, he, fin- he finally took a walk? Good for him. Yeah. I wish well, I want to know he, our um our like batting average with runners in scoring position because it's got to be last in the league. What was the game the other day where they left like a ton on base? What game was that? Yep, the game that we lost two to one in extras to the Orioles. We left ten on base. We're one for eight with runners in scoring position. Like that's just been the story. Of the Red Sox season is left on base so many. The game that we won. Against the Orioles, three to one, we were zero for two with runners in scoring position. That means two things: one, we only had runners in scoring position twice, and we didn't do anything either time. Yet we somehow still won that game. This team, this team, man. I... Yeah, well, an- another thing is like we've seen this in several games already this season, where they score in the first inning, they get off to a hot start. And then it's crickets the rest of the game. Yeah, like the, that game like, that I was just talking about, they scored three runs in one inning, and that was it. Done. I'm going to go through like our the box scores of our last like 10 games, and I'll tell you how many times we scored in innings four through seven. Or no, actually, you know what? I'll expand it. How many times, how many total runs have we scored in innings three through three through eight in the past 10 games? I, I will be back. Because – I know I'm onto something. I know I'm right. He knows. All right. While Joey's doing math over there, SeatGeek is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. They make buying tickets easy by grading every ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. And guess what, folks? You can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T DUGOUT. Yeah. Um, if for some reason you want to go watch the Red Sox play baseball, go for it on SeatGeek. Um, I don't even want to watch them on TV. That's where I'm at. I don't know how much longer I'm going to stall for Joey. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Innings three through seven. <laughs> uh, Joey, the computer over there. In the I wish I knew how to use. <laughs> I wish I knew how to use fan graphs better. I wish I knew how to like actually look up stats. Okay. In the past 10 games, the Red Sox have scored seven runs in innings three through seven. seven? That is over 10 games, so three through seven, three, four, that's, five, six, that's seven. seven that's five that's seven runs in 40 innings. 50. That's not great. Seven runs in 50 innings in the middle of a game. That's terrible. That's, that's an average of .14 runs an inning. That's guys, We're Yikes. so smart. Wow. I knew I was right. <sighs> that's awful. Now, if you if you go off of run differential in those innings, it's like fifty to seven over nice. the past ten games. All right. Love that. We're great. So so what what do we what do we do, y'all? What do we do? What do we do? What do great we do? question, wait, Garrett. Wait, wait, know that these people are good enough and that they should figure it out eventually. Because that's or what what do we do? Well, guys. that is part of it. Like these guys aren't going to be this bad forever. I feel like they have been getting unlucky. And if you look at these names on paper, like Trevor Story, Raphael Devers, Xander Bogarts, Alex Verdugo, JD Martinez, these guys are gonna hit eventually. But what I think a significant part of the problem is is they're just trying to do too much up there. Like there's some gaps in the team, um, like in the lower part of the order that we've always talked about, uh, and there's no depth. So when a guy needs a day off, or when a guy like JD is hurt. Who are you putting in there? They called up Jalen Davis out of nowhere, tossed him in there. He actually got two hits. He was pretty good. But, like, we're just calling up random guys. Rob Refsnyder was up here. We had to call up Franchi. Not a horrible move, but, like, the depth is seriously lacking on this team all around. Not just in the lineup and in the offense. In the bullpen, we've seen it. In the rotation, we've definitely seen it. And that's why we had to have Whitlock start. That's been the biggest problem, or not the biggest, but a significant problem with this team so far, I think, is the lack of depth. We didn't make enough moves in the offseason. We didn't fill some gaps. And the guys that we got aren't all-around guys. They're specialists, I feel like. Like, I feel like, um, in the, well, in the bullpen specifically, like, Jake Diekman is a nasty stuff guy. 
He's got no control, but they got him because he has nasty stuff. And this is something I heard Tony Maz talking about on the radio about how the Red Sox go out there like the Tampa Bay Rays and get guys who can do certain things. Like the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays get guys who can throw 100, and they may not have control, but they make it work and build off of that. Red Sox did that. Jake Diekman, nasty stuff. Doesn't have control. Matt Strom, nasty stuff. Struggles with control sometimes, but he's been good. Um, it's just kind of a theme that they've established on this team. I'm trying to think of guys on the offensive side, but like we just don't even have a bench really. Like, what does Rob Ref Snyder bring to the table? Well, what does... he's currently he, he's currently fourth on the team in wins above replacement. I knew that. I okay. saw that. That's fair. <laughs> um, I think the biggest problem with this team is uh, our strikeout rate is t- almost twenty two percent. And our I feel like that's is, normal. Okay, but our walk rate is 6%. Well, yeah, I think the walk rate is a huge problem. That's what I was talking about earlier with putting together bad at-bats. You're not walking, you're not taking pitches, and you're chasing pitches. I think that's one of the biggest problems with the offense for sure, too. Well, and it's really affecting our OBP. We are only getting on base like 28% of the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, we are 26 so in the league bad. in OBP. We lead the league in doubles, fun fact. We always do. But it's because there's no one ever on when we hit those doubles. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Um, Nice. You can hit a double, but you're ending the inning at second base. Yeah. Not to sound like a broken record, but I still think the solution is get some new guys up here. Like refresh a little bit, get some youth up here. Again, Ryan Fitzgerald, Tristan Casas, Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran has been tearing it up. I think he needs to be up here. He brings that electric speed. He's young, and he can hit. Ryan Fitzgerald provides a very unique energy. I saw him get tossed the other day um, for arguing that he was like safe or out at uh, second base on a steal or something. I love that. Like No one out here is arguing anything or getting upset around anything. Like I think Tristan Casas, you don't need to rush him up. I don't think we need to be desperate and call him up immediately. But I think Duran and Fitzgerald both need to be up here. Um, and I, I overall, I think that the Red Sox could benefit from just something new, whether it's a, a new pregame routine, a new lineup look, uh, some new guys in the clubhouse, like I mentioned. Something new like that to kind of change the energy, I think could help a lot. I think right now the energy is probably not great, and they could be chasing kind of what they had last year instead of establishing a new identity for this season. So I think that could help them a lot. Um, And I hope that they're smart enough to do that instead of just sticking with the same guys. But we'll see. Well, what I would have liked to see at some point is like over this road trip, I would have liked if Cora just went out and argued something really stupid and got tossed because it sends a message. Managers do it all the time. They know that when a team is kind of flatlining like they are right now, even if it's, even if you're completely wrong, it does send a message to the team that if you go out there and you scream and you kick dirt and you get tossed, you know, it fires up the guys. They want to win it for you because yeah. what a manager will say, walking back in the when he walks back in the dugout and walks back to the clubhouse, he's like, win this for me, boys. That's what it is. And like right now, it lo- this team looks like they're just going through the motions out there. Yeah. Maybe now that they're home, That'll help. What's their that, identity? That what, What's uniting them? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Last year I was dancing on my own. We don't know anything <laughs> now. So I um we've been we've been here before. I, I do have faith in Cora to to get to get that out of the guys. Um all it takes is a couple wins in a row, and I think they can really get rolling. Yeah. I'm hoping that the off day today will help them and the fact that it's a new month. Like, all right, you got the off day. It's no longer April. It's May now. Fresh start. Brand new start. Season starts today. Oh, no. Let's do it. I just don't... Like, even even one of these guys, like these star names that we talk about, even one of them hitting to their potential will fire up the rest of them, I would think. Like, you, you know, you say JD comes out there and he starts hitting dingers, and he's like, y'all, you know, we, we know what we can do. I figured it out. I don't know. It's tough when the whole team sucks because then you, you you don't have any hope. It's tough yeah. the whole when the whole team swamped you. Not that when the whole team swamped when you suck you can hide. That's the saddest thing. 
um, from an individual level, when your whole team stinks, you don't have any accountability when you personally stink. So all it's going to take is a couple guys to break through. I don't know. I got faith. But I, what I want to know, just like, I kind of want to like know what Cora's thought process has been with the bullpen. Yeah. Um, the guys that have gotten the most usage that have appeared the most out of the bullpen are Austin Davis. Yeah. And then it's a three-way tie for Brazier, Strom, and Diekman. Um, why is Austin Davis our most used reliever? I feel like because, because we're he... losing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Um, what are his stats, though? Because I would kind of like realize that he hasn't been horrible. He has a two seven nine ERA, but that's pretty misleading yeah. considering the fact that his FIP is like almost five. Well, that's the thing with both uh, Davis and Brazier. Their ERAs are so deceiving because they get runners inherited and give those guys like they let those guys score, which gets charged to the pitcher before them. So it's not put on them. That's definitely the case with Brazier. Yeah. Well, so Davis's actual ERA is a two seven nine. But his expected ERA based on how he's been pitching is a five two. Okay, yeah. So it's just like I don't know. You'd think as like Cora's a smart guy. You'd think someone who's as analytical as he is would be like looking at his looking at these numbers and being like, hmm, maybe I should switch something up. Uh, Brazier's ERA is a two five. His expected ERA is a seven. Exactly. Like- <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I love nerd stats now. That's great. That's, that's exactly what stat. I'm seeing out there. That's, that's, that's what I'm here right for. Is I'm here for the nerd stats. Yeah. See that yeah, that describes what I'm seeing what out we there. All saw. Yeah. Yeah. I'm putting yeah, numbers but, to what you've seen. See that is that does raise a good question. Is isn't Core supposed to be the analytics guy? Isn't he supposed to be seeing those kind of stats? And well, isn't Heim supposed to be too? That too. Like I it mean, feels what, like the analytics Heim, are just like, not present. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. When do when do you start calling into question like what Heim is doing? Like, I, it almost feels um, like they had kind of a vision for what they wanted this team to be, and they're just trying to keep pushing that, and it's just not working. Like they saw sure. Ryan Brazier as being like a good reliever in the pen, and they're just going to keep throwing him out there until it happens. That's what it feels like to me. Well, they did that last year, and it did kind of work in their defense. Um, he was pretty clutch at the end of the season, but yeah. Still, he's still a guy that I would never trust. He's like Matt Barnes when he was named the closer last year. Like, even though Barnes was nails in the first half of the season, I feel like we were all waiting around. We're like, this is going to get really bad. And every time he went out, we're like, is this where he regresses to the mean? And then obviously it did. Alex, um, can you look at Solomon's expected ERA? Yes, I Brazier's going to get killed. Brazier's not good. No, he's not good. Also, like, I'm a big Sawamura guy, but he kind of ruined my life the other night. So um, he's in the doghouse for me. I will never understand how these professional athletes who get paid to throw a ball, that's their job, is to throw a ball. They can't throw to a base, like, 50, 60 feet away from them. Like like when John Lester couldn't do pickoffs at first base, when uh, Sawamura can't make a very easy throw to third, he just airballs it. I don't understand that. What really upsets me is that that was a double play ball. Yeah. The inning would have been over. I forget when but it was. That reminded me, though. Trevor Story just botched two double plays, like, back-to-back. Didn't love that. Yeah, that was weird. Blue Jays series. I mean, um, that was the game we lost 1-0. Yeah. yeah. But Arroyo was the one who made the error that... Yeah, Arroyo had a tough error. That's, we've been making so many mistakes like that. The Salamora thing, the it's Trevor so Story weird. things, the Arroyo things, the Dahlbeck error before, and is then it, Christian Vasquez. Weird? Christian Vasquez forgetting about how many outs there are and not scoring. The other day against the Orioles, like there's so many mistakes happening, you got to clean it up. So, Jason, I have your answer. Yes. So, Salamora has a two four five ERA right now. His expected is only a four zero. Okay. Um, I think, I think he's been slightly better. Uh, I mean, he's had a smaller sample size than like guys like Davis and Brazier has slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't. What I would like can... to know is his walk rate because. Uh, he like, walks. He is a good pitcher. He just sometimes, when he's off, he cannot find the strike zone. But when he's on, he's a very effective pitcher. He only has well, three his, walks. He's, he's walking about three and a half people per nine. 
which isn't bad. But no, I feel like for him, his walks come in bunches. Well, it's actually down new. significantly from last year because last year it was five and a half per nine. Yeah, but his strikeout rate has also just completely plummeted. Like it's, it's yes. Well, I, I feel like he's still throwing a lot of balls, but he's getting guys to swing. Yeah, that makes sense. Take that as you will. You know, maybe his. You know, you have to get a little more analytical, but if his average exit velocity is low, whatever. Um, no, guys like, are guys. I are, still think Salamore is a good player. Guys are tearing the cover off the ball. For batted balls yeah. against him, 43.5% of batted balls are classified as hard hit. So yeah, that's, that's kind of okay. Like so there you too. go. It looks like that too. It yeah. looks like it's an inch away every time. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the average exit velo on each of his pitches is like 88 miles an hour. Miles an hour. <laughs> it's insane. So yeah. I think Probably I just found my stuff. new favorite website, Fangraphs. Like, for me, as a nerd, loving this. It's good stuff. Yeah, Fangraphs is cool. I like. I saw this thing that like you can like. Savant. You can look up the wildest stats. Like I saw some guy talking about how you can look at who had the most hits with two runners on in July between the time of seven thirty and eight twenty one when it was fifty three degrees out. <laughs> like stuff like that. It's insane. Well, I honestly I don't really get it because like it just feels like. We've been there. Like, I think Devers leads the league in like hard hit balls. Yeah, I think, or he might be like third. I think I saw. No, I think I saw that he was at the top. I saw something. I don't know. I'll trust you. Red Sox, Red Sox stats on Twitter posted something. Yeah. Shout out them. But, um, so stuff like that makes me think that this just can't last. Like, I don't think this is how it'll be all year. I, I That's what we said after the first week, after the first two weeks, after the first three weeks, and now after the first month. But I agree. I mean, I'm still going to say it because, you know, maybe maybe this homestand is exactly what you needed. You you get home for – they're home for the majority of this month. They're playing – I think two-thirds of their games this month are home games. That'll be huge. So if you take care of business at home, you can get rolling because it makes I, it makes the road trips a lot easier if you're winning your games at home. I think so. Devers is barreling ten percent of the time, which, given how the balls are dead, that's pretty. But he's hitting the ball almost down every single time because he's swinging at like only high pitches. My wife is coming out. No, that definitely sounds right, though. Well, I mean. I said it before. I, I just think that the off day today is so huge for them. The fact that it's a new month is huge for them. Like they need to just forget everything that happened and act like tomorrow's opening day. It's like last season when we got swept by the Orioles and we thought then we just pretend that the next series was opening day. Like that's kind of the, the kind of mentality that we need here. Um, one thing that they kept talking about <clears throat> on like Nesson and stuff is they kept pointing out how the Braves who won the world series last year started out the season very similar last year as we did this year. Um, they, I think they weren't even over 500 until June or July. That's say it was right. July. That's um, right. So I'm not cons I'm concerned, but I'm not super concerned. I don't think it'll last and I don't think it's a huge deal, but Again, we're in a very competitive division, and these games matter, and we got to pick it up soon. That's kind of the the mindset I have is it's not crushing now, but it will be soon. So let's let's start off this month well. What's the um? What's that uh, segment we've been doing where it's like um, worried or whatever? Yeah, I just like a general consensus. Where are we feeling with that boys? Are we worried or are we just like, whatever it is about the team in general? Yeah. I mean, it's hard Um, to watch what they're doing and not be a little bit worried. Like I'm not like, whatever. We're fine. It's all good. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm I'm terrified. I would say I'm pretty, I would say I'm decently worried, but um, I'll take option C here and just say, I'm sick of it. Yeah. Fair worried enough. or whatever, see, sick of it. <laughs> That's a good just, title for this podcast episode, Jason. Sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, my our good friend umpire Scott wanted me to call the socks doo doo. I think. 
That's right. I mean, okay. there you go. You know, when you like have a long day at work or at practice or something, you come home and your socks are just super stinky. That's what we got right now. <laughs> Bro, my socks yeah. stinky socks. Yeah. Stinky socks. All right. Let's move into the questions. Let's let's see what the people want to want to know. Well, yeah. Boys, you're gonna have trouble looking at my pretty face because I don't have my computer. So oh, that's sad. I know you start crying. Uh, we're all <laughs> I already am. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right, all right. So I'm gonna go through these questions backwards so it's easier to read. Sure. Sweet. All right. First question: Are we considering story a bust yet? I oh. I I sent this text to the group chat <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> The dude is actively like dodging assassination attempts. He almost gets hit in the head once a game. No, I mean, because he's... like also this, this is a six year deal. Guys have a there's a history of guys not playing well in Boston. Also, Trevor Story is statistically not a good hitter in April. Like you can't draw conclusions been. based off of a crappy stretch. Like, yeah, it, it's weird that he's made some really key errors at second base, which, you know, you don't want to see. But I, I have a feeling that's going to tighten up. Yeah. I mean, he's drawn walks. You like to see that. Um, <clears throat> his on-base percentage is 316. Okay, that's not incredible. But I, great look, I just saw he had three walks in the last game, and I like that. So that's what I'm going yep. off of there. But good also, start. like again, he's never had a good April. New team, he's, new position, he, lot going on. He's been hitting a, a ton of doubles. I don't really love him in the leadoff spot, but Kike wasn't doing much either, so it's fine. You keep him there until you find someone else. Yeah, whatever. Maybe it's for Dugo. Who knows? And um, even if like he has a horrible like three months, you still can't call him a bust because it's a six-year deal. It's a six-year deal. And we've literally seen one month of Trevor Story, not even fully because he was out for a little bit. So He's been a member of the Red Sox for like yeah, five or six weeks. Yeah. Let's relax. Let's not give him the Giancarlo Stantman treatment in New York. It is, it is, though, it is necessary and, and needed to be like, what the heck is he doing? Yeah, like, like I doing? know he can figure out, but what you doing, man? Like, the criticism is due. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Just to, just to make that point known, he's got to figure yeah. that out. Um, uh, one sec. I got to find the. I tried to have my pretty face in the frame and then I lost the questions. All right. <laughs> Why would they go out and get any pitching? I know it's early in the season, but it's a big hole right now. Cause nobody wants to deal in April. That's just like not something that yeah. happened. Yeah. And, and you mean, also with pitching, you don't know how good these guys are going to be either way. It's such, such a streaky thing that you got to give it some more time. Well, I think um, you, it's fair to question. Why didn't they get more pitching in the off season? That absolutely. was the focus yeah. point for oh, them. I knew that their pitching wasn't good. It never has. No, it hasn't no. been good recently. They didn't even, they didn't even have preliminary talks with Kevin Gosman, which I think is absurd because I think he's going to win the Cy Young this year, and he is on a team-friendly deal. He's getting a little over $20 million a year. Like yeah. To not even kick the tires on him is ridiculous. Sorry. It, it's just a surprise that the offense is what it is, and it's not a surprise that the pitching is what it is. So I'm tired of things – Stinking when I'm not surprised they stink because you can make yeah. it stink. Want it to be that way or not? I mean, it's tough because like mm-hmm. the pitching hasn't been the problem, so it's tough to be like, why we shouldn't got more pitching? Like, why why don't we have more pitchers? But the offense is the problem right now, so it's tough to kind of harp on that. Yep. Um, you think we can turn things around? I think we touched yeah. on our expectations, but absolutely, absolutely, it's baseball. Um, Anything can happen. It's an 162 game season. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, we're just gonna start. Um, why is the offense struggling? We talked we about talked some about stuff that. like walks. We definitely yeah. talked about that. Walks and uh, chase rate. Can't get on base. Can't drive guys in when they're in scoring position. That's about it. I mean, and this is, I think Alex might've mentioned it before. Um, this is where we're missing Kyle Schwarber. Someone who takes walks and draws long at bats. Uh, that's counts. what we're missing. Works counts. Yeah. We need more of that big time. Um, will the starting rotation be a problem down the stretch? I was thinking about that. Is this sustainable? Like, is yeah. Michael Walker's low ERA, Rich Hill pitching good? Is that sustainable? And to be honest with you, I don't know, but it doesn't necessarily need to be because we're going to get Paxton back and we're going to get Sale back. And theoretically, if Hill and Walker just suddenly just fall apart, those guys get replaced. 
Well, I mean, let's let's remember Hauk has been really good when he's been in. You know. Yeah, I'm, Hauk I've has been, been great. I think they need to let him start. Just let him actually well, I have think that. They role. need to let him go more than five innings at a time. Like they that for too. some reason Cora has been keeping his pitchers on a very short leash. And I understand that with Pavetta because Pavetta yeah, but, has been good. But like he's doing it because of the short spring training. But now that we're in May, these guys are fully ramped up. They should be good to go. They should be let loose. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I understand Rich Hill too because he's old. But outside of those two guys, like, I mean, I'm glad to see that he's been letting Evaldi go after it because Evaldi deserves that opportunity. Yep. Especially with how he's been playing. He has been by far the best pitcher on the staff, and it's not even close. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess, okay, so Waka did go six innings in his last start. Oh, he okay. did? I didn't know. That's that. good. That's encouraging to see, at least. Um, what's the rotation going to look like when Paxton Sale come back? Um. <clears throat> well, I mean, sale. Feel like the odd man out is Pavetta right now. Yep. Right now, but and... I don't know. Last, I still have faith in Pavetta yeah. for some reason. I think. Um, I know, but let's say they came back out. now. Who would you take out? I mean, obviously, I'd put Pavetta and back Hill. in the pen. Yeah, Pavetta but, and Hill. Yes. But, so then you'd be looking at Sale, Paxton, uh, Waka, Hauk, phone a friend. Evaldi. Evaldi, thank you. Evaldi, Sale, Paxton, Waka, and the fifth Hauk. spot. Hauk. Hauk. What about what about Rich Hill with Hauk piggybacking? Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was thinking you could go either way on that. Yeah, I don't hate that, but yeah. I mean, that sounds nice. I'd I'd like to have that soon. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um why do we suck and why is it Haim's fault? I guess I guess we should talk about high responsibility there. What do you guys think with Haim and the no. team? Well, it's um, not it's not Haim's fault that the bats can't hit. Go. Yeah, well that's that's a whole different. On a, that's on a more general perspective. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean it's not it, his it fault is. that we're making stupid errors. It's not his fault that the bats can't hit. It's his fault that there are gaps and we don't have a lot of depth. So I don't think he's totally free here. I think he definitely mm-hmm. deserves some blame. But, but it's not he, his fault that guys at, are underperforming. Yeah, and he looks at the guys in the well league said. and judges them the same way we do. He know he knows JD and Bogart. Like he knows these guys should be able to hit. We're just super yeah. surprised. It's not like he isn't. You know what I mean? Um, and you can't yeah. expect him to be a clairvoyant soothsayer and understand that. Um, but there is to blame. I would say so. I would like to hear a, a Heim Bloom press conference sometime soon. Be like, what are we doing? What's going on? Should he shave? What, what do you oh. think? Excuse me. That's a high. Should Cora yeah. in his press conference shave his beard? You know, I was Ooh. thinking about that. Ooh. <laughs> like I low-key think he should. But Interesting. Why? Team's not doing well, change something up. Yep. Yep. Maybe go with like an evil goatee or something. <laughs> I think a mustache should be good. Yeah. yeah. Or he could do like a he could pull off a soul patch, I feel like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we going to do to spark the offense and what to expect with the bullpen? Well, to spark the offense, I think you just need one guy. I don't really know. I don't know. You I need think, energy. I think the sparks the offense. You know, the you get one streak, guy yeah. going, the rest of the guys get going. But I think, I it's think this team is – if they can go out there and win a series first off, because they've only won one this year, but if they can go out and sweep a series – I think that's when they take off. They need a confidence boost like that, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. If they can go out and sweep a team, they're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves, and that's when you get going. Speaking of confidence boost, I said this um, in our group chat the other day. I think Bobby Dahlbeck could benefit from a, a stint in AAA to kind of get his confidence good. back, get his swing back. I think so, too. Yeah. He, he, just, he has a swing. He has a good swing. He has good swing. He's in his head. Yeah. He has a good swing. That's we all. saw him like, do this last year. Yeah. He, he can get – when things start going bad for him, he, he gets in his head and really nothing good comes from that because every time he gets to two strikes, he, he – I, I feel like he thinks, I'm going to strike out, I'm going to strike out, I'm going to strike out. Please don't. Yeah. And That's what I out. did. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, do you think we can even make the wild card? Yeah. 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 Sure. Why not? Expanded playoffs too, yeah. And it's all going to worry about that right now. 
It's May second. Yeah, let's and relax. the bottom line is the bottom line is that you don't also have to be that good. Um, you can come in fourth place and still make the playoffs, especially in this division. Yeah, you don't have to be that good. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Jason, you're getting a little loose with the uh, get a little fast and loose with the clown list, aren't you? Well, the whole team is a clown show. Like, <laughs> I think it's justified. I think it's fun. I think it's fun and it's not that deep. In I, I enjoy it. Some people deep. get so upset over some of these clown list like, oh, decisions. Wow, wow. Like, they'll You're get so in my mean, DMs so and be mean. like, why is Christian Arroyo on there? Christian Arroyo is so good. He's the heart of this team. Like, no. <laughs> he made an error and it was embarrassing. And he was batting like 190. Like, so, um, so in the time of uh, now, in the future, when? Should we be worried? We're not worried now on May 1st or 2nd. Um, what worried? When, when sale comes back and you still suck? Um, I think that's a, that's, a good, that's a good place. May, maybe if you're into June and you're still... Yeah. If you're still like this in June, I think you're screwed. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, if you have another month like April, then yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, if it's another month where you're lo- losing games in the most painful ways possible, just shooting yourself in the foot every time you get a chance, then then I think you're screwed. Um, do you think <laughs> this is funny? Do you think Chavis and Benny will sustain their success at the plate this season? So I actually don't know if they're any good, to be honest. Uh, ben like, Intendi is leading the American League in batting average. How did I not know that? <laughs> it's all singles, though. It's all singles. Yeah, but hey, I mean, I think what really messed him up, what really got him traded, was the year that he said, "I'm gonna bulk up and try hit homers," You're right. which you know I I understand why he did it, but ultimately it it just didn't work out because he strayed from the approach he had his entire career prior to that, and he just was never really the same after that, which sucks because everyone loves Benny. I wish he was still here; he would definitely help this team out a lot because. He gets on base. It's also just the fact that he does not strike out. I mean, he's yeah. striking like 12% of the time. Yep. He That's always a, had a good approach. Yeah. Uh, we did quick, pull the trigger very fast on him. Xander Bogarts has a higher batting average than Andrew Benatendi. Oh, does he now? Yeah. Oh. Yep. But Xander is also someone who may not be here. Great. Great. Thanks. Yep. Um, so. oh, was Michael Chavis part of that question? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh for some reason I was watching a Pirates game <laughs> the other day. And there Michael Chavis got a hit and the announcer was like, and there uh Michael Chavis breaks his 0 for 17 stint. So he's hitting homers, but he's probably still punching out like it's nobody's business. Do you yeah. want to know the rate? Uh yeah. let me guess. Let me guess. Let's play prices right. I'm going. 41. I'm going Jason. Um, 32. Garrett, do you have a guess for Michael Chavis's strikeout rate? I was looking up Ben Attendee's stats. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually only 23%, which is like surprisingly wow. good for Michael that, Chavis. That's very good for him. Yeah, I had a feeling it was good. <laughs> do I have to watch the game? Yeah, that's funny. Um, no, don't. When are you going to no, start? You uh, your, your guess is as best as mine. Um. Yeah, I'd like to see the reception at Fenway tomorrow. That's a good point. Um, what, you think they're going to get booed? No, I don't think they're going to they're gonna get booed. It's just, it is interesting. I mean, we, we do. Have you seen some of the people that go to Fenway Park? They have no clue what's going on. Like, that's, that's, fair, though. that's fair, though. But How's dude, Mookie Betts doing? About, something I love about Boston is how much we care. So um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But. Um, I was at a Red Sox game a few weeks ago, and someone was asking where like David Ortiz was. Like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, all right. So thoughts of moving Pavetta back to the bullpen like we did at Richards last season? I think no. we. No, uh, no, no. He's getting no, better. Not, not, not at this moment. He had his best start of the season and his last start. Give him some little, a little bit more time. Yeah, he's getting there. His ERA was yeah. at ten. Now it's at seven eighty. Yeah, he, he clearly had a mechanical issue, and he's working to fix it. And it's clearly the results are getting there. Did you know Nick Pavetta's middle name is Giancarlo? 
Like John Carlo. What? Wow. Nicholas John Carlo Pavetta. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. That doesn't work. Doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. What the hell is going on with the offense? Yeah, we. Yeah, I know. I um, hit. That it hit. This is a good. This is a good question. The Vooch asks uh, the saw so- or says the Sox are lacking a adult on this team. Um, Schwarber was an example of an adult. We need another vet. Um, and then he says, "Part two: Robinson Cano wouldn't look bad on the bench." Um, Ooh, what do you guys think about that? Mm-hmm. You know, Cano. Well, I I feel uh, like the expectation is that JD should be that guy. JD yeah, doesn't is, yeah. seem like an adult to me. He seems like he kind of has like the mentality of like a a thirteen year old. Like he doesn't seem too mature in my mind. I just like, I don't like, know I if that is based off anything. On, I think he's too focused on fishing. I just, he he's a guy that swings at pitches. I feel like he's not a huge walk guy. No, he's not. But no, I mean it. It's worked in the past. Can I once again toss out a name, Mitch Moreland? Yes. Like, I don't. Maybe I'm just kind of chasing the 2018 agent, dream. So. But he's a veteran guy. He's a leader. He's a huge like leadership guy. He is an adult, like that question mentioned, and he draws walks, put together good at bats. He's a good fielding first baseman. Who's struggling right now? Our first baseman. I. We have like the worst first baseman, like statistics by position in the entire league. Yeah, I not close. I mean, I don't think this move will actually happen because it's one of those moves that like doesn't make sense from an analytical standpoint. But I think that that would be what I would do. I don't know. And uh, real quick, to touch on Robinson Cano, uh, I get why some guys would be interested in having him because obviously he's a lefty bat. He's a professional hitter. He's been there and done that. Um, The only thing I think is he's really a shell of himself now. He's starting to strike out a lot more than he used to in the past. He used to be a low strikeout guy. Those numbers are creeping up every year. I So, you know, I don't know about that. And also, I feel like the last thing this team needs is a 39-year-old guy. I don't really care yeah. how good he is or how good his resume looks. You know, you can only get so much out of a 39-year-old. Yeah. Well said. I'd rather give the opportunity to someone younger. Michael Conforto is still a free agent. Um, he's he's uh, out for the season. When did that happen? He announced that he was getting like shoulder surgery or something, and he plans to uh, be a hundred percent next year. So, oh wow, that's Brock why Holt's no one signed him. Brock Holt. Yeah, I wish, but like, I, I'm a big Brock guy. I was saying it last year. We could just use him for fun. Um, yeah. yeah, I just want Griff in the clubhouse. To be honest, yeah, it, it's like Deuce Tatum. You need you need the you need the little kid to hype the guys up. That was all the questions. <laughs> oh. oh, nice. Um, yeah. I'm right. trying to, I'm trying to be like Alex and find some stats, but I'm struggling. I'm trying to figure out who on the Woo Sox has the most walks, and if it's like a lot. But I don't know what I'm doing. Me, Jason, just let me do it. Okay, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Alex has it in like two seconds. <laughs> well, let me change the type of stat. What is this? All right, I'll let Alex do that. Because I feel like that's kind of more the, the answer is instead of signing some old veteran dude, call up someone from the Woosox who is good at getting on base. I want to think that's Jaron Duran, but I know he strikes out a lot too. It is Tristan uh, Cassis. Well, yeah. I still think it's too it early is, to it, pull the trigger on that. It is Cassis and Yolmer Sanchez, both This top. is interesting, oh, actually. Yolmer Sanchez has a 456 on base and a 329 average down He's in He's been red hot. That's actually a good idea. He he should be up here. Like, gold glove player gold who's glove, batting well and gets on base, switch hitter. That is... More walks than him. strikeouts. I don't understand how the Red Sox have so many guys in AAA that are so valuable to the team that they just aren't using. What's really gonna, uh, what's really gonna suck is when they call up Aros next week instead right. of Sanchez because right. Yolmer Sanchez is a, they're both switch hitters. First off, Aros is younger, but Yolmer Sanchez has a Gold Glove, so you know he's yeah. gonna be really solid in the field. And right now he is on fire, four fifty six on base. Like, come on, like. 
when if I look at that doesn't scream give them a week at the major league level, I don't know what does. When I look at this team, I just keep thinking about how I wish they would just do like a major like haul of where they call, send down five guys, call up five guys. You don't see that kind of thing happen a whole lot, but I honestly think they could use that. If you don't want to do it all at once, start calling them up over time. But they need to call some of these guys up. It's getting really frustrating for me. Like, I want to just talk to Bloom and be like, what are you doing, you idiot? Call up this dude, this dude, this dude, and this dude. And you're going to win more games. Like, it seems also, like a no-brainer as, at this point. As much as Jackie's defense is, like, incredibly valuable, I don't know how he can remain on this team at, the, at this point. Yeah, but, like, Obviously, outfield defense is really important, and we learned that the hard way last year. But like, yeah. if if it means you have a pitcher in your lineup, like, come on, I, at he this can't point, be starting these games anymore. With I don't how know bad the offense be. has been, I'm gonna take offense over defense any day right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to score runs to win games. Yeah, very true. At the end of yep. the day, so yeah. All right. Well. Um, I think we, we've said a lot in this episode and I hope that by the time we're recording the next one, the Red Sox kind of picked it up a little bit. I pray that some of these moves that I need to happen actually happen. I can't express how much we need some of these guys from AAA up here. Hopefully that happens, but, um, let's just, let's just try to get some good at bats out there and try to get some runs in. And have some fun out there. Play some baseball, you know. Hey, real quick. Three-game series against the Angels. Three against the White Sox. The Sunday one is at 11.30 in the morning. That's weird. Anyway, what, what do we think? Yep, we're Those playing are two really good teams. <laughs> Those are two really good teams. but Let's split. Three and three. Win a series. Don't. Yeah. I'm going to be optimistic. Let's go 4-2. All right. I don't know about that. Angels are 15 and 9. White Sox. White Sox are 9 and 13. So maybe take advantage of a team that's struggling right now. They're not bad, though, bro. They ain't a bad team. They're not bad, but they're struggling. So take advantage of that. But they're in the same. That's a big series because they're in the same boat as we are. Let's assert ourselves as the good Sox. Yeah. 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 Not the stinky Sox. (laughs) This Angels series is going to be tough, though. Facing Syndergaard and Otani is going to pitch in one of the games. That's going to be tough, and the Angels are good. We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I'm going to be well, at the game Wednesday, so <laughs> I might start throwing stuff on the field if they keep sucking. You know. All right, closing thoughts. Let's win or tie the week. I agree. Win or tie. Don't lose. Yeah. Don't lose the week. Great. All right. Yep. See you next time on the In the Dugout Podcast. <laughs>